You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Everybody do this together with me as a family and say, Today I receive all of God's love for me. Today I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today I open myself to God's blessings and healings and miracles. Today I open myself to God's word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today I proclaim that I'm God's beloved. I am God's servant. Come on, I want you to declare this out. I am God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all love God's word by singing together wherever you are. Let's sing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We are going to have right now what I call a family meeting. Family meeting, what do I mean by that? Well, I want you to imagine as if you are sitting down with me in our family living room. We're all family. You're my brother, you're my sister. You're not a visitor today. You're a family member. Now, why is this important? Because, you know, as a part of a family, we should be able to talk about the hard and difficult things in life. Because our message today is a little bit tough, okay? But it's something that I know that you need to hear. Here it is. Love is tough. Love is tough. If you agree with this, somebody say amen. Or if you're, if you're beside somebody right now, could you tell that person love is tough? That's right. Love is tough. How many of you believe that? That love is tough. That love does the hard things and that love says the hard things. You know, when you love someone, you need to be able to do and say the hard things. But of course, you know, let, me, let me qualify that. There are different ways of doing it. Okay, which is why I want us to talk about this today. How do you correct? Here's my question. How do you correct people lovingly? You know, when you see someone do something that's wrong, how do you approach them in a loving way? Would you like to know how? We are actually going to learn from the greatest teacher of all time. That's right. Jesus is going to teach us how to correct people. Are you ready for this? I hope you're ready, okay? Before we read the word, I want to first give you two arguments that you probably might have in your head about this topic, okay? Argument number one, who are you to tell me what to do or maybe even what to say? How many of you, be honest with me, when someone corrects you, the first thing that you think about that comes into your head is, who in the world are you to tell me what to do and what to say? You're not me. We don't have the same background. We don't have the same values. We didn't grow up in the same area. You know, leave me alone. It's none of your business. Who are you to talk to me and to correct me? You know, when you think like that, almost automatically, correction is not possible. Why? Number one, because your ego gets in the way. And when your ego gets in the way, you know, nothing, nothing happens. You are not teachable. You are not humble. That's right. So. Anything that the other person says just goes in this ear and then goes out the other ear. 
So that's why that's the first argument. Here's argument number two. I am free to say and do anything I want. Have you ever said that to you, to, to somebody who tried to correct you? I'm free. It's a free country, free speech. You know, there are many people who think that as long as I'm not harming anybody, then I am free to do and say what I want. To which my question would be, how sure are you that nobody is being harmed? Remember, like we said last Sunday, that everything that you do and everything that you say has a, has a rippling effect, has, a, has an impact on the future generations. That's why, you know, it's so sad whenever you see people carelessly flinging around hateful words on impulse online. Did you notice that? How we have such an angry, judgmental, name-calling culture, uh, canceling, uh, what do you call it, canceling culture? There are so many angry people out there. I mean, you just look in social media. And because of that, you know, social media, today, it's actually normal and easy to insult and curse anybody who doesn't agree with your opinion. It's so easy to bash anyone who doesn't see the way that you do. You know, recently, I saw a, a dedicated FB page that focuses on um, berating. It's actually focusing on talking about pastors that they don't like, that in their opinion, they consider to be heretics or blasphemous, whether in their manner of, pre of preaching or whether in their manner of living. And you know, at first, when I was uh, reading the comments, I found the comments to be very entertaining at least, how creative they were in, in, in bashing the person. But you know what, over time, I realized that the people, the very person that they were bashing, that they were shaming, they were actually guilty of the same thing. Jesus said this, and I want you to listen to this. Let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. So listen to this. Before you cast a stone at someone for sinning, maybe you need to check your sins first. Anyway, okay, that's not the topic. I want us to go to our main message for today, but I'm hoping that this message is blessing you. Jesus teaches us how to correct another person. Okay, but because, you know, we like to make our messages a little more personal, a little more practical, we're going to call this message the four steps on how to restore a friend. All right? By the way, you know, by talking about correction, Jesus is actually confirming that there is such a thing in this world called absolutes. Absolutes, that there is a collective morality that governs everyone, whether we like it or not. And, you know, it doesn't even matter if you believe or don't believe in absolutes. It's just like, um, you know, the law of gravity. If you shout a hundred times, I don't believe in the law of gravity. I don't believe in the law of gravity. It won't change the fact that when you jump off a 28-story building, you will certainly die a gruesome, painful, and ugly death, right? Because God created spiritual laws that govern the universe. And, and these laws govern you, whether you believe in them or not, whether you accept them or, or, or not. What are, what are examples of these spiritual laws? Okay. The law of love, for example, the law of humility and selflessness and, and faithfulness. You cannot escape, my dear friend, these spiritual laws. But in fact, when you violate them, you inevitably destroy yourself and those around you. That's why when you see a loved one also violate these laws, you know what happens? They're also destroying themselves. That's why I'm glad that Jesus gave us an instruction on how to deal with people whenever we see them violate these laws so that we can correct them in a loving way. All right, I want us to go now to our, our word. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 18. Uh, we are talking about here in verse 15, correcting another believer. And then it says here, 
if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. Okay, here's the first step. Like I said, four steps to restore a friend. Here's the first step. Go alone. Go alone, my dear friend. Let me explain this. See, too often, we have a habit. I don't know if you're going to agree with me. We have a habit that when we correct someone, we like doing it publicly, right? We like expressing our anger, our rage in public. What's the purpose of ranting in Facebook or gossiping whenever we get hurt? What, what's the purpose of us telling our friends all about it? Because, you know, the truth is, if we really love the person, the goal is not to get the anger off my chest, but to stop the person from destroying himself and the people around him. Jesus says, go privately and point out the offense. Now, how do I know if, if what I have are true friends? Simple, listen to this. True friends are those who stab you in front. <laughs> That's right. Real friends will tell you the real score. You know, they'll get, get up in your face, and, but in a very loving way, of course, with the intention of wanting you to be better and then tell you the truth. That's why correction when done privately is a very good expression of love. So if you need to correct someone this week, for example, don't attack them publicly. Message them privately and then have that crucial conversation with them. Love is tough, my dear friend, but you know, if we, if we can't have the tough conversations, if we can have the crucial conversations with the people that means the most to us, then you know what that means? That means that we care more about ourselves more than the other person, okay? Now, to make this message more practical, let me give you three short tips on how to have a caring confrontation with somebody. First tip, here you go. Express your love. Very important. Tell the person first why you're talking to them. In fact, here's a tip. You can even admit to them that you would rather avoid this awkwardness, this very difficult conversation altogether if, you, if, if, if there was a way. But because you love them, you're doing this. Okay, so say these four magic words. Because I love you. Can somebody type that in? I'm doing this because I love you. Because I love you. Here's the second tip. Express your humility. Express your humility. I want you to approach that person without any hint of self-righteousness or even ego or pride. You know, don't project yourself as a know-it-all kind of person. Oh, some people like to do this whenever they hear somebody tell that they're hurt. You know, they go, Oh, that's solution. Don't do that. Okay? When you give advice, you listen first and then say these four magic words. I may be wrong, but here's what I think. According to my experience, after I've heard you, I may be wrong, okay? That's the four magic words. Express your humility. Here's the third tip. Express your commitment. All the other tips will not flourish if you don't have this last commitment. You will correct the person, but you need to have the commitment to follow through because after you, they share their hurt feelings or observations about, about uh, or rather, after you share, rather, your hurt feelings about them or what they did. And the person acknowledges, you know, their failure uh, and they have a desire to change. Tell the person that you will be there in their journey of transformation. You can say these four magic words. How can I help? How can I help you towards your journey of healing, towards your journey of learning and improving? All right, I'm hoping that this is helping you. But one last story before I end. 
Before I pass you on to Brother Bo, I remember experiencing the very same correction directly from my mentor, my very good friend, George Gabriel. There were many incidents actually where George corrected me, but this one time, I remember this the most because you know back when we were still in BICC, um, one of my, my co-servants and one of my friends in the ministry, she approached me and uh, she, she scheduled a meeting with me. She had a very big problem, personal problem, and she needed somebody to talk to who might be able to help her. And because I was preaching that day, I told her to just meet me backstage since I figured, you know, it'll be more convenient in case I got to run to the stage. But, you know, during the conversation, she, she got very emotional. She got very deep in the conversation and she started crying. And at that precise moment, you know, George walks in on us in, in the room and, you know, he saw that we were having this intense conversation where my friend was even crying. And, you know, eventually he discreetly excused himself. And then after that, I prayed for her and then, you know, I went about my, my, my service for that day. And I didn't think much about that encounter with my friend after that. It was only when George, after the, our last session, he pulls me aside and then he gives me, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 a message. He says, Odds, are you free? Could, could I talk to you for maybe just a few moments? You know, let's go backstage and I'll talk to you. And I thought he was going to seriously compliment me for, you know, the shoes that I was wearing that day because he often does that. Or I thought he was going to ask me for a ride home, which he also does uh, regularly. But, you know, the moment I saw his demeanor change from, from funny to, to, to serious, I knew that it was something serious. And so he says to me, Odds, I noticed that you were talking to one of our servants backstage earlier and you know i do hope that she's okay because i noticed she was crying but i was a little worried when i saw you backstage with her and you were alone and she was in tears because if i was a different person i could have you know started playing in my head and, and think of different things give you false ac ac accusations hala may something silang dalawa you know baka may ginawa si Odi na nasaktan siya and then he proceeds to tell me this, the, the, these words that I will never forget until this day. He says, but thank God that I know you because I know that in your heart, you just want to serve people and you just want to be there for people. And I want you to know that I'm just bringing this up, not from just the perspective of being your leader, but also as a loving friend. And I could just, you know, just let this pass. But because I love you, I want you to be more conscious next time about talking to a female servant alone next time, all right? And so, you know, after that crucial conversation, I'm telling you, my friendship with George changed. I started trusting him even more. And in fact, I allowed him more opportunities to speak into my life. Why? All because he corrected me out of love. You know, if you, if you can find a friend like George who will correct you out of love, or maybe you can even be a friend like George, who can correct people out of love because let me tell you my dear friends love is tough love is tough but if you need to have that difficult conversation with somebody especially if that is a love person do it out of love and i'm telling you i promise you in fact it will make your relationship stronger amen somebody to preach about the other steps that jesus gave please welcome brother bo sanchez Hi everybody, this is Bo Sanchez and welcome to the 
faced. God is here. God is speaking to you. God loves you. This is his divine appointment into your life. He wants to speak to you in a very special way. Okay, I need to continue the conversation, the word of God that you have received. Um, four steps on how to restore a friend to the Lord and to yourself. The first step is to go alone. Go to that person privately. Talk to that person. Correct that person. Number two, step two is to go with a friend. Jesus continues. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. That's verse 16. Now, sometimes confrontation fails. Why? Because of defensiveness. Defensiveness will rear its head. And that person may say, Nako, yun, oversensitive ka lang, hindi. Of course, I did not hurt you, and, and blah, blah, blah. Or some, that person can say, ingit ka lang. You know, you are jealous. That's why you got hurt. You know, all sorts of defensiveness will come in. But so that's why maybe you need to bring a second person or a third person who will say, no, it's not a question of oversensitiveness because if you would do that same thing to me, then I also will get hurt. So whatever. I mean, you know, the, the, the ability to be able to come as a group in love, it's still always because of love. I am reminded of the Alcoholics Anonymous, a very, very effective uh, worldwide movement that tries to help people with an alcohol problem, they call this the intervention. You know, where two or three or four people will talk to somebody who is in denial. Somebody who says, Ako, hindi ako alcoholic. Ako, painom-inom lang ako ng konti. Pero wala yan, you know. But two or three or four caring friends can say, No, it is a major problem. Hindi mo lang alam. Pero you are addicted because of this and this and this and this. So that's step two. But what if step two does not work? Jesus provides a step four. What is step four? Jesus says, if the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. So if you're thinking, um, you know, when you read that verse, take your case to the church. In my imagination, it's this parish announcement, you know, a thousand people inside the church. Tapos yung parish priest announces, Si Anthony at si Cleopatra may adultery na nangyayari. You know, baka linigay pa sa bulletin board. <laughs> no, that, you know, if you're thinking, if I'm thinking that way, then that's what you call an anachronism. Ibig sabihin, you are taking this verse and applying it to a different historical epoch. Why? Because when Matthew's gospel was written, there were no, you know, big church and, and, and parish churches. No, there were small house churches. I want you to think of a light group or a feast light in our context at the feast in the light of Jesus, where you have maybe 10 people gathered around the dining table and confronting this one fellow uh, person, member of 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 the little community and saying, we love you and what you're doing is wrong. So they're confronting that person in love. So that's the picture. Now, what if, by the way, I want you to know that sin can never be in isolation. It's not. Sin affects everybody. And that's why the community, the spiritual family must come together and help that person. Now, what if 
that person still refuses to listen. Ayo niya makinig. Jesus supplies a step four. Step four is go to God and surrender. Jesus said, then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. O-M-G! My gosh! Basically, what does Jesus say? He's saying, surrender this person to God's mercy. Treating that person as an outsider means you respect your limitations. You accept your boundaries. What's that? That you cannot save everyone and that you cannot save every relationship. Why? Because you are not the Messiah. You are just a messenger. You have done your part as a messenger. So accept the fact that God is assigning another messenger, another person to bless that person, to minister to that person, to reach out to that person. Here is the truth. And a lot of people uh, have a difficult time accepting this truth that some people are meant to be in your life for only a season, not forever. You need to have the ability to let go and let God. You know, and after doing all you can, ginawa mo na lahat. You know, you approach the person in love, gentle correction. You brought the person, you know, to be your witness. You brought it to the bigger body of Christ. You know, maybe the 10 people that you can, you know, f- five people, 10 people, 15 people that, that love them and, and you, you, you love this person and you, you, ginawa mo na lahat. What should you do at the end of the day? Hindi pa rin You let go. You place this person in God's hands. By the way, this verse sounds harsh. Especially that part that says, treat this person as a pagan. Treat this person as a tax collector. You know, if you pluck this verse from Matthew and study it on its own, I'm telling you, it does sound harsh (laughs) and punitive. But that's specifically what we should never do. Pluck this verse out of context. Always read it within the context. Because a few verses before this verse, you find Jesus loving befriending tax collectors, you know, like, like the, 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 the gospel writer himself, Matthew. You, and then the verse, the verse exactly before this verse, Jesus was saying, if, if there's a lost sheep, you leave the 99 to pursue that lost sheep. So if you read it within context, I'm going to read that verse for you. It's in verse 13. Jesus said, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, What will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? So what am I saying? I'm saying surrendering someone to God's mercy does not mean you stop praying for that person or you stop loving that person. Of course not. We never stop loving because God never stops loving. We just have to learn that there are many ways of love. I'm, I'm going to go off topic a bit, but I need to, I need to speak a, um, give you a pastoral lesson that I have received um, many, like many letters and messages from broken-hearted girlfriends. And they, they tell me about their boyfriend who is addicted who is a cheater, a very unfaithful, 
who is uh, an abuser. And then she will say, but I still love him. What should I do, Brother Bo? And I will always tell them, leave him. Leave him. Why? Well, yes, love him, but no longer as a boyfriend. There, there are many ways of love. And at this point, you need to recognize that you are not the person that God has assigned to reach this person. You've, you've done your part. And, and right now, you leave that person in God's hands. And I know these are tough words, but real love is tough. And it's tough enough to let go and let God. I repeat, there are some people that should be in your life only for a season and not forever. And there are some people that, you know, you need to respect your limitations. You need to respect your boundaries. Hanggang dito ka lang. You are not the Messiah that's supposed to rescue this person. And I know that's, that's a, I'm going off top, topic. Let, let me go to my main message right now. And I'd like to close with this message. We are not the Messiah. We are the messenger. And so we do our part. I want you to know that right now, the Messiah is here. And he, he is the source of salvation. He is the source of your joy and of your peace. He is. And so if you feel that you're the person that needs correction, I want you to go to God right now as we worship him. And I want you to experience this Jesus who leaves the 99 sheep that is not lost to go to you. He is the Messiah. We're not. And so report to him. Open your heart to him right now and tell him, Jesus, correct me in love. Let him correct you right now in his eternal love. Let me lead you in a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pray this prayer with me. Lift up your hands like this with, an, with, with open palms, symbolizing an open faith and surrender. And, and, and tell God, Lord God, I give my life to you. You are the Messiah. And you have gentle love and you also have tough love. And so with your tough love, remove anything in my life that does not belong to you. Anything in my life that needs to be cut away. Lord God, I, I, I surrender that area. Cut it away. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving me with tough love. And I receive your tough love. And I receive your healing. And I also receive your gentle love that embraces me right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.